0: And now we take you to Evangel Church in Tallahassee, Florida, to another powerful, life-changing message. For more information, visit our website, evangelag.org.
1: Good morning, Evangel Church. Good morning. I am super excited, and I feel especially honored to be sharing um, with you this morning. I want to thank Ryan for the opportunity, and Like he said, I I was able to. I spoke in Washington um, quite a bit, and so it was just something, it's something that I love to do. I love to talk about the Word of God. It has changed my life so much, it shows me where I need to change (laughs) so much. And so I'm just honored this morning to be able to share with you today. Um, We are going to be talking about kindness today. And so, um, and I promise I won't slap your hand. I only really call it out in my family. Um, and so, um, and it's a it's a constant. In fact, I texted a couple of my girlfriends. One of my friends is in Indiana and the other couple are in uh, Washington. And I said, I need for you to pray for me this week. This was at the beginning of the week. I said, I'm speaking on kindness and I've yelled at every member of my family. And so um, God really has stretched me this week. He's poured into me this week. And my heart's desire is to, that we can dive into the word of God. And allow his word to wash us clean. Can we pray? Father, I thank you so much for this opportunity and this moment. And so, Lord, I pray that um, my words would be your words. That today, Lord God, I would share what you've placed on my heart, what you've challenged me with over this last week. And Lord, I ask that your anointing and your presence and your spirit would pour off of the words of this page, this life-giving book that you have given us, may it be life-giving to us today. In Jesus' name, amen. So I do have to say that my kids love it when I preach, but there's a reason. Um, I grew up as a pastor's kid, and so I was used, any pastor's kids in here or evangelists? You're, okay, yes, we've got a couple over here. Absolutely. So you know that if you've been in church in any amount of time, or maybe it was just my parents, they used us as an illustration all the time. We were always used as an illustration, and I was used a lot more than my sister, even though I was more spiritual than her. I got into a lot more trouble. So I was used consistently by my mom and by my dad whenever they were preaching. And so as Ryan moved into a lead pastor position and we knew that he was going to be preaching every week, I knew that our children would be used as illustrations. So me being the fixer and wanting to be the goal setter of the family, let's I, I set some goals for this, what we decided to do was this, that every time our kids are used In an illustration in church, they get $5. Now, I know, right? Now, I don't get $5. Ryan doesn't get $5, but our kids do. Because there's two reasons why we want them to do this. We want them to concede to being used as an illustration, right? They're going to be used anyway, but we want them to feel a part of that. And two, they pay attention every week, because they wait for their name to be mentioned. We had to let them know anytime we're talking about a path and we use the word journey, you don't get $5. Anytime we use a verse of scripture in the Bible from the book of Jeremiah, they don't get $5. Anytime we talk about the story of going over the Jordan River, they don't get $5. But if we have to use them as an illustration, they get $5. $5. Which brings us to our first illustration about my children. I inevitably use all five of them. I mean, all three, all five. (laughs) Sometimes I feel like I'm a mother of five. (laughs) But I inevitably use all three of them in in a sermon illustration. But this morning, I'm going to talk about my journey grace. Because if there was ever a definition of kindness, it is our journey grace. We tell her all the time, the Lord knew we needed her in our family, because the four of us are just not nice. And God gave us this sweet, kind, loving young woman. You know, our family is, is, we're a very loving family. Uh, the five of us say, so, you know, we can't move 3,000 miles away from our home. And, the, you know, we always call Tallahassee and Florida our home. We, you can't move 3,000 miles away from your home and go off just the five of you and there not be a bond in that family. We, all we had was each other. And so we have an extremely loving family. We don't have a passive love We don't have a passive aggressive love. We have an aggressive love in our family. We are aggressively truthful. We are aggressively loving. We hide behind doors and jump out and scare each other just to share the love. And then we have Journey, who's sweet and kind. And so if there's ever a definition of kindness, just look at Journey Grace. Now, here's the thing. She did turn 13 almost a year ago. So yes, I do have three teenagers underneath our roof, and so you can pray for me about that as well. But even in her teenage kindness, it's still kindness, so much more than the rest of the family. And as we dive into this word today, I want us to realize this, the definition that we find in scripture about kindness is not the definition that we find in the dictionary or in our everyday life. It's a different word. Now, don't get me wrong. Still use your hashtag, be kind. I have a be kind sweatshirt. You know, I have the t-shirt that has a bee draw, drawn on it with the kindness underneath. It's yellow and black. It's super cute. But that word kindness is not the same that Paul uses in scripture when he talks about being kind. In fact, kindness, the correct definition of kindness, really talks about a heart posture. It's not an action or a deed. Next week, Ryan's going to talk about goodness. That's more of an action and a deed. Kindness is a heart posture. It's a disposition. I love at the beginning of of this series, Ryan used John fifteen five last year as Ryan and I walked through um, just having to deal with some, um, you know, being in ministry for 20 years, pastors have to deal with the unforgiveness thing too. It's not like we're exempt. I loved what he said. We're not, you know, exempt from getting our feelings hurt or, or anything like that. And it was this scripture that really God brought us to as we walked through some hurts in our own life. In John 15, 5, five Jesus says, yes, I am the vine. You are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. As we dive into this word kindness, we need to know we cannot do it on our own. We have to be connected to the vine of Jesus Christ. That we, I mean to the branch of the vine of Jesus Christ so that we can be a branch that produces a fruit of kindness. And the Holy Spirit wants to produce much fruit. In Galatians 5, 22, Paul uses this word and he says, but the fruit of the spirit is love and joy and peace and patience and kindness. We are not able to produce this fruit. We have to get that. Friends, we cannot produce any fruit in our lives that is life-sustaining without the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. It is his fruit in us. And as we walk around this world and we call ourselves followers of the most high God, as we call ourselves followers of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, it is so important that our fruit matches our words. And this fruit of kindness is a heart posture. It is an attitude. So let's open up our Bibles today. Let's dive into the word of God and see what his definition of kindness is. Because if it's not the random acts of kindness, which are wonderful, I have been a recipient of driving through Starbucks and my my coffee's been paid for. And I paid the person behind me. Somebody stopped it. (laughs) Somebody just received that act. But that's not what scripture is talking about here. So, our first point is this kindness is an attitude and condition of our heart. I think sometimes, I don't know about you, but with my kids, I want to change their actions. I want them to choose a different action than what they're doing. Anybody else? Anybody want to change the action maybe of, of their spouse or of their uh, parents or sister? We're all heading into Thanksgiving, and so you're going to be sitting around the table with family members that you haven't seen in a really long time, and you're going to be wanting to change some of their actions. But I found in my life that the, really o- the only way we can really change our actions is if we change our heart our heart has to change first and this act of kindness is a condition of the heart and here's what it is it is a non-judgmental temperament go back to my journey grace she is she is so warm and welcoming and non-judgmental sometimes the rest of us can be a little bit more judgmental of our family We like to call each other out, but Journey's not. She's non judgmental. That's what this word kindness means. It creates an environment where people feel welcome, where they feel like they can be themselves, they can be open. Now, don't stop listening to me here because I do want to share this with you. We serve a holy God. We serve a holy God. We cannot live an unholy life before a holy God. He calls us to live higher, He calls us to live outside of sin. But He does that with His kindness. It is a non-judgmental temperament. It's a way to make people feel welcome. Have you ever been around a critical, judgmental person? Now you're thinking every day. Someone just said every day. Have you ever been around a critical and judgmental person? You do two things. You make sure all your faults are hidden because you don't want them used against you. Right? When you come around a critical, judgmental person, you hide your faults because you're afraid that you're going to be judged. And the second thing is you politely dismiss yourself from their presence. You, you take a step back, you take a step away. You're, it's the God bless you. As I move, I'm moving, I'm going to go over here. God bless you. Kind people attract. It's a welcoming environment. That's what God has called us to be. A welcoming environment that when people come to us with their struggles and with their sins, we are non judgmental. You know, 20 years ago, being in ministry, I, I noticed that once you put, I guess, a, a title over your name, people come and tell you everything. Things you don't want to know, things you don't ever want to hear again. And I had to learn to teach my face not to be shocked when they would start to share some of the things that they struggled with or their sins or their, you know, and even uh, the bitterness, right? The unforgiveness that just comes pouring out of people. Sometimes you're like, oh, yeah, just takes you off guard. That's not kindness. Kindness has no expression, It's not a shock when somebody tells you that they're walking in sin. It's an openness that you know that you can, which is our next point, lead them to repentance. In Romans chapter two, Paul uses, listen church, this is huge. If our definition in scripture of kindness is different from our definition in the world, then what is it? And Paul uses the same word in Galatians chapter five that he uses in Romans chapter two. He's just shared with them that there's people that are full of of, of bitterness and gossiping and, and sexual immorality and he's sharing all of these things and then he turns to the believers in Rome and he says this to them, therefore you have no excuse, every one of you who passes judgment, for in that which you judge another You condemn yourself, for you who judge practice the same things. And we know that the judgment of God falls rightly. God is the only one who can judge and have kindness at the same time. It's his character. We cannot. And so we leave that judgment to the one who is our righteous judge. But do you suppose this, oh man... This is number uh, verse three. When you pass judgment on those who practice such things <laughs> and do the same thing yourself, that you will escape the judgment of God. Or do you think lightly, here we go, of the riches of his kindness and tolerance and patience, knowing that the kindness of God leads you to repentance? Oh, church, when I got that this week, as I was studying this, and I realized that the Holy Spirit wanted to produce a fruit in me that is welcoming, that is non judgmental, and that will lead others to repentance. I don't know about you, but as we look at people in our lives that do have sin in their life and we want them to change, especially, and I'm going to talk to some parents here. Maybe you have a child that is not living for the Lord. They have completely walked away of all the foundational things that you have taught them. And you are praying consistently for their salvation. Begin to ask the Lord to produce a fruit in you. That draws them and leads them to repentance. That it gives them a pathway back to the cross of forgiveness. Maybe you have a spouse that doesn't know the Lord and you've been praying for years for their salvation. Ask the Lord to produce in you a fruit that leads them to repentance. Kindness leads to salvation and forgiveness and repentance. I know I need that in my own life. As I was reading this this week and I was studying this and there's another verse of scripture in Titus where it talks about um, that when God our Savior revealed his kindness and love, he saved us. That I have a tendency to produce this fruit for others, but I don't produce it for myself. I'm very hard on myself. I'm I'm much more, um, I wouldn't say lenient, but I'm much more compassionate and I'm able to react in kindness to other people when they fall than I am when I fall myself. Um, I have gotten to the point that I would love to have a day where I don't have to repent for a sin. In fact, it's so funny, because years and years ago, this was my goal, because I set goals in my life. My goal is I'm going to go today without sinning. That was my goal. So I did my checklist, you know, all, it's like, go lay my head on the bed, and I'm like, oh, I didn't sin. I didn't sin today. I was so proud of myself. I was so proud of myself. To which the Holy Spirit said, guess what's a sin? That's pride. Go ahead and repent. <laughs> I have a tendency to be really hard on myself. But as I was reading this, the Lord spoke to me that I need to have this fruit for myself as well that when people walk into our life and, and they are full of sin and far from God, that our reactions and our heart posture to them will be one of kindness that will lead them to repentance. The last point is this, it, number three, kindness from God. Well, he shows that to every person. God is not a respecter of people. That is why we cannot judge and have kindness at the same time. Because I don't know about you, but sometimes I would say, well, they don't need kindness. <laughs> and they don't need kindness. And they <laughs> My husband obviously got slapped on the hand today driving in, so I was, I was giving him a little bit of judgment. Only God can rightly judge and give kindness. And he shows it to everyone. There's a beautiful story in scripture. It's in John chapter 4. If you have your Bibles or your smartphones, let's open that up right now. Because this is an example of Jesus showing loving kindness to repentance. In John chapter 4, Jesus finds himself sitting at a well. And he's there all by himself and a woman climbs up the hill and walks up to Jesus. And Jesus looks at her and says, "Give me a drink of water." Now she knew what kind of woman she was and obviously stepping in to his presence, she knew he was a rabbi. Stepping into his presence brought conviction. "Why are you asking me if you knew what kind of woman I was. Why are you asking me for water? And Jesus replied, this was his reply to her. Verse 13, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. The woman says, please, sir, give me this water. Then I will never be thirsty again, and I won't have to come here to get water. Jesus already knew the sin in her life, and we know this because he addresses it. But first he addresses the need in her life. He knew she didn't want to walk up that hill anymore. He knew she didn't want to go and draw water anymore. And so he gave her the opportunity to have an everlasting water. Jesus' response to this question is this. Go and get your husband, Jesus told her. Okay, so her response, she's going to cover it up a little bit, right? I don't have a husband, the woman replied. And Jesus said, You're right. You don't have a husband. For you've had five husbands and you aren't even married to the man you're living with now. You certainly speak the truth. How do we know that it was loving kindness that Jesus spoke to the woman? Well, first off, he didn't let her stay in her sin. And secondly, she didn't go running. He called it out. He said it to her, but it intrigued her even more. Friends, that is loving kindness that we can be honest and we can be truthful. We can share the truth of the Word of God, but if we don't do it with the fruit of kindness operating in our life, they will run from us. They will call us judgmental. But if instead we can share it with such kindness and such welcoming and such non judgmental um, atmospheres, they stay and they listen. So much so that when she went to go and tell everybody, she said, let me tell you about the man who told me everything I did wrong. That was her response to the people. I have to tell you about a man who told me all all about my sin. Oh, friends, God has given us the opportunity to produce a fruit That leads this world to repentance. As we've been talking about this, I've been so challenged over the last six weeks. I told you guys this last Sunday, I've been so challenged. When we first uh, came for, and I don't try out, when we came to try (laughs) out, In the first service, there were two services. I was sitting over there. And during the worship service, the Holy Spirit spoke to me. And the verse of scripture that he brought to my heart was this, that he cannot pour new wine into old wineskins. It hit me. It was at that moment that I realized there were some things in my life that had become stagnant. I've been serving Jesus since I was five years old. I've been attending church since I was one week old. And sometimes in our life, our walk with Christ becomes stagnant. We forget what he brought us out of. We forget that freedom that we sang about this morning, that he has set us free we forget about that we forget about the turmoil that was in our home before we accepted Christ we forget about the drama that was in our life before we poured everything out to him we forget about the addiction that was so strong in our life that we couldn't let go of before him And as I sat over there and the Holy Spirit spoke that word to me, do I believe it's for this church? Absolutely. Do I believe that I'm a part of this church? You better believe it. And so if he spoke it to us, he spoke it to me. Over the last few weeks, I've been asking the Lord that any part of me that has been pulling away from his vine, that he would graft me back in. That any part of me that is not producing the Holy Spirit fruit in my life, he would have full reign and opportunity to do it again. You see, friends, this isn't just... uh, a cute series that's branded and titled this is the very thing that shows that we are different from this world it shows that our heart postures and our responses make the world look at us like we're crazy because when people hurt us and offend us when they mistreat us and they persecute us, when we are disappointed, when we are lied to and betrayed, that our response is love and joy and peace and patience and kindness. I believe that the Lord wants to pour out a new wine in this place. But he says in scripture, he can't put it in old wineskins. They'll burst, they can't contain it. So this week and the rest of these weeks as we are pouring into the fruit of the Holy Spirit, can you do this? Can you put aside and put behind all the things that have happened to you over 2020? Put behind all the things that happened to you in 2019. Put behind all the things that happened to you in 2012 and 2010. Maybe you are holding on to things that you have that hurt you 20 years ago. I am asking you, I am pleading with you to allow the Lord to begin to clean it out and grow. You back into that vine, that life giving vine, that only through that vine you can produce fruit and allow the Holy Spirit to give you the kindness that leads others to repentance. What a revival! What a change. What a turnaround that would be in this community and in our families. If we opened up our arms and presented an atmosphere where people could be themselves and share their sins, And where you speak the truth and you speak it with such kindness that it leads them to repentance. Can we pray? Heavenly Father, today we repent. I thank you for the sweet conviction of the Holy Spirit. Thank you for changing our hearts Thank you for renewing us and making us different. So now we repent. We repent, Lord God, if we have not allowed you to produce kindness in our life. We repent if we've tried to remove ourselves from that vine. And we ask you to graft us back in. And oh Lord, we ask that you would produce much fruit in our life. That those that are lost are children that are not walking with you, that even this year in 2020 would sense the welcoming non-judgmental atmosphere, and they would be led to repentance. It's in Jesus name, we pray. Amen.
2: I want to stay in this moment for just a second and if you're here worshiping with us in person or maybe you're joining us online today and you've never you've never had that moment in your life where you recognized the need for a savior and surrendered your life to God You know, if that's you, I think of what Christ has done for us as the ultimate act of kindness. That in the worst of humanity that the Bible says that all of us have sinned, that all of us have fallen short. In other words, we we haven't met the standard. And God sent his son Jesus be a sacrifice, to die on the cross so that you today could receive him and receive his forgiveness and receive the new life within him. If today you've never prayed that prayer, if you're watching online or in person with every head bowed, eye closed, I want to... I want to lead you in really the most important prayer that you could ever pray in your life. And that's the prayer to invite Jesus to come live on the inside of you. If that's you today, whether you're on your couch or here in this room, just bow your head, still your heart. just repeat this prayer with me Father thank you for dying for my sins forgive me come live inside of me make me into the person that you've designed me to be Father clean me from all the hurts all the disappointment all the pain of my past. And today, give me new life in you, in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Friend, if you prayed that prayer, I'm encouraging you after the service today. We're our prayer team is going to be in the, the front. Don't walk out this door doing life all on your own, but take just a moment after the service. Come down, see one of them. Let them know that you've accepted Christ today. We'd love the chance to be able to help you on this new journey. If you're watching online and you've done the same, you can make a, a comment in the area, in a, in a comment area. We'd love to reach out to you and um, and begin to help you in this new journey with the Lord. It was the best decision in January of 1997 when I decided I'm not going to live my life and do things my way, that I'm going to surrender my life to the Lord. It was the best decision that I ever made in my life. And I know that it will be for you as well. Yes. Thank you, Lord, for his loving kindness. In our lives. Listen, we're about at the end of our service today. I want to just take a moment as we begin to prepare our hearts for giving today through our tithes and offerings and missions, faith, promises today. I want to I want to read a couple of verses with, uh, to you at a Colossians chapter one that I think is, is really fascinating. Something that just jumped off the page at me today. Um, starting in verse four, this is Paul and Timothy, and he's speaking to the Christians there. And he says this for, we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and your love for all of God's people. So Paul and Timothy are telling these believers like the word is getting out. Your love for one another and your love for everyone else that the word is getting out and they say this in in verse six that this same good news that came to you Right, If we're here today and we've accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we've received his forgiveness, we're in that group of people. And he says that that good news that came to you is going out all over the world. It's not something you're just kind of holding on to yourself. But it's going out, that it's bearing fruit everywhere by changing lives. Look at this. Just as it changed your lives from the day you first heard and understood the truth about God's wonderful grace. You know, that is what our life is supposed to look like. That we receive what God has done for us and oftentimes we receive it through other people's sacrifice that that most of us here today that... We didn't receive Christ as our Lord and Savior just out of the thin air, but it was, it was people who made sacrifice that allowed us to be exposed to a moment that changed our life forever. And it was in that moment of sacrifice that we were able to receive what God has done for us. And friend, that is what giving is all about. Giving's not some transactional thing that we do because we feel like we're guilted into doing it. Giving is a heart of gratitude that says this. It says, God, I'm so thankful for what you've done in my life, and I can't stand to see other people not receive what I have received. And so I'm going to be a conduit that God, as you bless me, that I'm going to take my tithe, the 10% that comes out, and I'm going to send it back into the kingdom so that other people can one day have a story like my story, that one day they can say that they received Christ and were set free and that their life today is so much better than their life was before, and it's all because that people were willing to sacrifice so that I could experience my salvation moment. So friend, as you're watching online, you're hearing today, there's some offering envelopes there in front. You can also, there's ways to give up on the screens. You can give online. That's how Andrew and I do. We love it. It's so easy to do that, but you can you can give today. There's also black boxes on the walls. As you go out, that you can um, you can deposit your gift in there today. I want to mention just a couple uh, upcoming announcements for you, and then we're going to close out with with one more worship song. I want to remember uh, remind you if today is your first time, if you're a guest um, and you're comfortable. I'd love to be able to meet you out at the guest tent after the service today we will also have our prayer team up here if you'd like prayer for anything just somebody to agree with you with something that you're walking through um, they look forward to this moment all week so uh, don't leave without receiving prayer today i want to say this mark your calendars december the 20th is going to be our family Christmas uh, worship service. And so you want to definitely make sure that you come be a part of that and make sure you invite some, some family and friends. And then I'm really looking forward to, I think we're all looking forward to next year, right? Um, but I'm really looking forward to January 10th. And the reason why I'm telling you this almost two months out is because I'm going to take... Um, Take about four weeks, maybe a little bit longer, and we're gonna begin to unpack what the vision is for Evangel Church moving forward. We're gonna talk about what God has been stirring in our hearts and what we are sensing him saying as far as we begin to, to step into our new roles as, as lead pastors. And so um, I want to encourage you to make sure that you're here, that you're a part of that. Uh, January is a great opportunity for new beginnings and um, new beginnings for us personally in our own lives, but new beginnings spiritually. And we're going to be talking about what that looks like for our church.
0: We pray right now that God uses this message to plant good eternal seeds deep into your soul. For more information, visit our website, evangelag.org. Evangel's all about making the name of Jesus famous and his church glorious. We love God, love people, and love life. And we're here for you, working to help draw people from impossible situations into a loving and friendly circle of hope where answers are found and acceptance is given. We invite you to join us for any of our services, Sunday mornings at 10.30 and Wednesday evenings at 7. We're located at 2300 Old Bainbridge Road in Tallahassee. We have fantastic programs for kids and youth and small groups to make deeper connections. And we pray that God blesses you richly and abundantly as you continue to seek Him first in all of your life.